Welcome to the Enneagram One Project Podcast with your host, Dominic Vandal, where ones come to learn mindset tools and embodiment techniques to reduce frustrations, quiet their inner critic, and live a most expansive life. If you're ready to make your unique oneness your superpower, then this is the show for you. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Enneagram One Project Podcast, Episode 3, How to Support Ourselves Daily as Ones. So fun to have you here with me again for what I think is a really fun, practical, hands-on introduction to the very many ways that we can support ourselves daily as Ones. This is a particularly important episode because a lot of Ones don't have the tools to support themselves, and there's no reason why they shouldn't. I remember having this complete sense of relief and liberation when I read the description of a one in the book called The Road Back to You. But I know that that is not the case for each one. The reason this was my experience, I think, is because I was already certified as a life coach by then, more specifically in a mindset causal coaching approach. And so I already had an extensive tool belt of mindset tools, techniques, and concepts. I had hundreds of hours of coaching clients and even more hours of self-coaching under my belt. That's not the case for everyone when they are introduced to the Enneagram and all that it offers. When you don't already have the toolbox, it's easy to feel overwhelmed because you think that you have to change everything about yourself to be a quote unquote healthy one. Side note here, I'm not crazy with the terms used in the Enneagram community and books that term certain actions on a scale of unhealthy to healthy behavior of any given number, one, nine, any of them. It gives this notion that we have to heal ourselves or fix ourselves instead of meeting ourselves where we are and supporting ourselves, which I believe is a very important distinction to make. So this idea that you have to change everything about yourself is in itself problematic because it completely dismisses the gifts you have as a one. That's not to say that I'm opposed to change, growth, expansion. I'm all for it. And I believe that every step towards self-acceptance is a step towards change from within and it's out of self-love self-care and self-compassion as opposed to changing ourselves out of self-loathing. I want you to take a moment and imagine that you have a desire to reduce the amount of procrastination you do before completing any task or project. Just picture it. Many will attempt to change from a place of self-loathing. You'll know that's where you're coming from Because when you look at how much you procrastinated before completing your last project, you make it mean something terrible about yourself. Or you make it mean something that supports the idea that you're not good enough yet 
because you procrastinate. That looks something like, let's say you procrastinated for three hours before getting to the project that you were last working on. Even though you had planned to complete it in one day or that day or earlier that day, you make that mean that because you procrastinated for three hours, that you're not living up to your potential, which creates this feeling of flawed. This feeling of flawed is not going to get your butt back to work, nor is it going to help you to do anything differently next time. It's actually going to fuel more self-loathing, more self-judgment, and more time in your head beating yourself up. This is the long and painful way to change if change ever actually comes from this mindset. And I'm not sure that it does. Another option would be to operate from self-care. In the same scenario where you procrastinated for three hours, you would make it mean some version of, oh, right, ones who are afraid of doing something imperfectly sometimes avoid doing the thing altogether, which is much more likely to create a feeling of recognized or seen, understood, or accepted. And from acceptance, you are more likely to meet yourself where you are. Notice the progress you've made, where maybe in the past you would have procrastinated for days for a similar task or project, and now it's more like three hours. And that will create forward momentum. Beating ourselves adds resistance and conflict in front of revealing ourselves as being able to show up the way we want to show up and create the changes we want in our lives. It's a mind-made obstacle. We don't have to go there. My hope is that what I share with you today inspires you to try a few things, but also gives you permission to actually try until you find techniques that work for you and be open to changing them over time. As you change or as you learn new information, these have not always been my techniques and I know they won't be at some other time in my life. That's okay. We're always changing. So there are three things that I try to do every day right now because I am more of my true self, less of my ego, more of my true self when I support myself in those ways. Let's go over each tool real quick and then I'll really get into them individually. The three techniques I utilize most are self-coaching, setting myself up for success, and setting reminders on my phone. So let's talk about self-coaching first, what it is and how I adapted it for my unique oneness. Self-coaching is a form of self-inquiry and awareness where you see what's in your head and ask yourself questions to dismantle whatever doesn't serve you anymore. What I was taught to do is a brain dump or a thought download where I write down everything I see in my brain. This can look like choosing a topic and free-flowing on that specifically or really anything that's floating around in my brain. It might even start with, I need to go buy pencils. I mean, it can be that simple. And then you see that as you allow yourself to free flow and write, you'll get a chance to notice more and more of what's going on in your brain. Then look at that paper and see what are some thoughts that may not be really that helpful to you. 
and question the thought that is highlighted. You can do an extra step here, like putting the thought in a self-coaching model, if you're familiar with one, but that's not what I want to go into today. Really good questions to dismantle a thought or belief are, what are the benefits of keeping this thought? What else could be true in this situation? What patterns does this belief strengthen to keep me doing over and over again? This will help you to see that what's created in the mind in form of a thought is optional and you can be intentional if you so choose, but no one is making you, it's all up to you. The way I've adapted my self-coaching as a one is that I've added the embodied piece. Most often, the thoughts that don't serve me are thoughts that lead me to spinning out or staying stuck in my headspace in some way. So I've decided to enlist the rest of my body to help me out when that happens. So when I notice frustration, anger, or resentment as being the emotion I am feeling, I will take a moment and move my body so that the emotion is fully expressed and processed without anyone, not even myself, getting caught in the storm. Here's where you totally get to experiment. I'm sensitive to sound, and so I'll put on certain songs and move to them until I feel a release. That's my process, but be creative here. I've tried tensing up my body for a few seconds, like really, really tight, and then letting go. And that's worked really well too in certain situations. And if you're not sure where to start when you get into that spinning out because you're feeling frustrated, I want to make sure you know I already have a free resource for you that you can download directly from my website. It's a free guide to help you stop the frustration spin now. You can find it at dominicvandal.com. That's D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-V-A-N-D-A-L.com. And I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Okay, so do your brain dump. Dismantle some of the thoughts. Many of them will be habitual default thoughts. And pay attention to the emotion they evoke. Then make sure to complete the cycle of the emotion using your body. It's already because of the head that you're tense and that you're spinning. My experience has shown that to try to solve it from the brain doesn't always work. Solving it from the body has been my tool and I've been very successful with it. The next thing I do is make sure I'm setting myself up for success. I'll look at my planner for what's coming up today and take just a moment or two to predict when my inner critic is likely to appear. Now, I know it's likely to appear at any time. I know I have enough experience with my brain to know I'm doing something new, I'm doing something out of the ordinary, or I'm doing something that's really pushing me out of my comfort zone. These are the times that my inner critic is absolutely going to come out. Today, for instance, I could predict that when I was ready to sit down and prepare this podcast, that my this is not good enough thoughts would shout at me. I could also predict that when I was done teaching a class today, that my judge would likely say, here are the places you messed up. I set myself up for success by anticipating the inner critic 
and have a plan in place that supports me. Here, um, I'll make sure to add some space for when my inner critic will come out and be extra intentional at that time. So I plan for more time than I need to write the podcast so that if the inner critic shows up, I can pause and I can interrupt the brain drama that may be using a mindset tool and it may be by moving my body or really getting into my body to see what else is available for me to believe about myself. So what that means is instead of saying, oh, well, so-and-so told me that this is what I'm supposed to think when I get stuck. And so I'm just going to use that thought and believe that. And then it doesn't land. It doesn't stick. It's important to note that I don't force myself to believe something I don't yet believe. Empty mantras do not work. What does work is being grounded and giving space for something different to be considered from within. Try it on. Keep it in your mind for a moment. Really allow it to change your body and the emotion and see if it works for you. In my experience, it's usually spot on. So for after my class, I make sure to write down what did go well and look for unexpected moments I can actually delight in. Unforeseen things that happen that are fantastic. They happen all the time when you're open to it. So I try to keep it simple and not add too much extra work or extra time during my day to, you know, be intentional. It doesn't have to take an extra 30 minutes. Being intentional for five minutes at a time is tremendously helpful as a reset of sorts. The third tool that I use is reminders on my phone, and that helps me to remember all the things as I go along in my day because I know me and there's just no way I'll remember to pause if I don't put a reminder somewhere for me that's on my phone. I have no issues remembering everything I have to do for everyone else or everything I put on my list that I decided to do for everyone else. But to be intentional, that's not natural for me still. That is still something that I am implementing on a very intentional, purposeful way. So for me, that's putting it on my phone. For you, it can be using Post-it Notes, an app that plays a bell at a specific time just to stop and take a deep breath. Whatever it is that you're working on, put it somewhere to remind you that you're really wanting to do this. It's not your habitual way. It's not your default. You need a reminder. Or I do. So I'm offering that to you. Oh, and I also create small lists in my notebook of the things I've tried that have worked and that have worked really well for me in the past. Like when I feel stuck, I can just get my when you get stuck list out and try any one of those tips randomly because I know they work for me and one of them is going to work today. Notice that I'm using my oneness to my advantage with every tool and I engage not just my mind, but also my entire being to support myself on the daily. Ones have an amazing ability to see where improvements could be made for the benefit of themselves and also for humankind. While the inner critic is on full blast, ones can't bring out that goodness in a suitable way or in a way that is more likely to be well-received and able to exact change in the world. 
that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. As for myself, I see so clearly that my own inner critic and my own sense of what is good enough is distorted. That's why I use these tools. I have goodness to share, and this goodness can help ones and perfectionists. I want to get the word out. In order to do that, I have to support myself daily. If you know ones or perfectionists who could benefit from these tools, make sure you tell them about the podcast. Until next time, love to each and every one. 